remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. And would you go to Matthew's gospel, chapter number 22, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. It has that more everyday language that you and I can appreciate, but doesn't take from the original language. And so, in Matthew's gospel, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, Jesus also told them of the parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared. The bulls and the fatted cattle has been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to his farm, the other to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. King was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the streets and corners and invite everyone you see. when the king came in to meet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for the wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want us to pray a moment for the people of Las Vegas and for the families who will never be the same. Never, never. For a town who will never be the same and maybe a nation. We all can't be there but we can take them there. One for the grace of God, the devil will have greater havoc. Every one of us here now, today have been impacted by this atrocious event and murders. You can pray as good as I can, and I can pray as good as you. Lift up your hands with me and let's pray. We're going to pray for at least a minute now, so don't be in a hurry. Lift up your voices. They need us, and we need God. Come on, let me, let me hear you praying. I want you to make the devil mad because he can't have us. Cover us with your blood, Jesus. Lord, I pray today for every person who has been affected by this massive loss. Amen, church. Lord, we need the covering of the blood of Jesus over this nation and over our lives. God, we need a revival in America. 
And God, you know the plans of the enemy against us. But I pray you'd cancel the plans of the enemy against us as a nation. I pray, oh God, for the paramedics, for the first responders, for the police officers. I pray for the physicians. I pray for the hospitals that have been overwhelmed with needs. God, I pray for the moms and dads and husbands and wives and brothers and sisters who have permanently lost a loved one whom they thought was coming back home. Heal this nation, Lord. God, I pray that unity would break out of this tragedy. I pray that we won't care so much what political party we need to belong to. I pray that we'll be one. one. God, I pray against racism. I, I pray against selfishness. Heal our land, God. Heal our land. Starting at the White House all the way down to our house. Lord, I praise you for that. If everybody agree, would you say amen? Thank you for that. Please, please be seated. All the men that are wearing a white shirt that are celebrating the men's ministry, it's because they couldn't find another one to wear, and so they had to wear that. It is because they're worthy of, of saying to you, we want you to be a part. Because I believe that if men can be men of God, there'll be fathers and husbands who are godly. Amen? I'm going to teach you about a paragraph and a parable, I should say, more than a paragraph. The Holy Spirit struck my mind with on Monday morning, and I really thought it was just a teaching for me. But as I prayed over it, it became larger than that. Uh, it doesn't have a happy ending. But it has some rather significant lessons. The title of, of this word this morning is RSVP. Most of us are acquainted with these four letters, RSVP. We are because if we've been privileged to be invited to a special event, such as a birthday party, a wedding celebration, an anniversary celebration, or a special dinner, that special event usually has a request for an RSVP, either in a card included or a phone call. RSVP means to respond to an invitation. These four letters come from French words that means to respond, to be considerate or kind by responding to an invitation. The parable, which is our text today, speaks of an upcoming grand event and the invitation extended. Verses 2 and 3 of our text reads like this. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused 
to come. As I attempted this week to break down this parable, the Lord placed four thoughts in my mind, and for the sake of remembrance, they all begin with the letter I. Here's the first. Invitation. When the banquet was ready, the king sent his servants to notify those who were invited. Invitation. In the day and time of this reference, a wedding feast was the highlight of all social life. And a wedding feast prepared by a king for his son would be the mother of all feasts. That would be the ultimate. Jesus compared his kingdom to a feast or a banquet. Being a part of God's kingdom is like going to a party. It is a festive occasion. It's a time of fellowship and a time of joy. A lot of people seem to believe that you can't enjoy yourself if you're a Christian. There are those who are Think that if you are a Christian, you have to denounce every joy and pleasure that abounds in the world. But I think Jesus wanted us to understand that the greatest joys in this life and what life has to offer are found in his kingdom. Y'all responded like a funeral I did last Monday night. I think the dead would have done better than the people I was preaching to. If you're born again, it shouldn't make you sad. If you're born again, you are a billboard for Christianity. Serving the Lord is not just like you've been given the death sentence. Jesus already died. You don't have to. Do you ever avoid some Christians because the only song they know is nobody knows the troubles I see. I'm going to tell you a little something. They don't care either. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When God throws a party, it's not a funeral. But there are those who are persuaded that when you get saved, it's time to get sad. In this place and time of this parable, church, there was a two-stage process of being invited to a wedding. Here's the first stage. The would-be guests receive their invitation well advance of the banquet, and at the time they receive their invitation, they would RSVP. And if they RSVP a couple months ago, 
Those who said yes receive a courtesy reminder on the day of the banquet. In this case, the king would send out his servants to tell everyone to come join the party. But those who were invited didn't come. That was a two-stage invitation. But here's the mercy of the king. He tried again. He sent out his messengers to say, look, everything is ready. The party's going to be great. Lots of food and lots of fun. That was the invitation. Here's a second word, interruption. He sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. They said something like this, we got other things to do. Sorry, we can't make it. We'd love to, but we're just too busy. You know how it is. No one showed up. Not one. They all refused to come. I would suggest it must have interrupted their lives. Luke 14 speaks of a similar account of a feast and how those invited in Luke 14 responded to the invitation. One said, I just brought some property and I need to go see it. That is so dumb. (laughs) Who would buy property without seeing it, lest perhaps it was in a swamp? The the other guy said, I've just brought, brought five yokes of oxen and I need to go prove them. Another dumb excuse. If he hadn't seen them, how does he know he hadn't brought some dead oxen? And this is the worst. This guy says, I've just married and I can't come. Handpecked? That's exactly what that is. He needs one of them shirts, Pastor Jeff. It's amazing, the excuses that one will make in order to miss the banquet. I have a solemn question here. It is this, are the things of God interrupting your life? That's not how it ought to be. Nobody came. Nobody came who invited. Even those who RSVP, nobody came on the second reminder and nobody came on the third. You and I know how that feels. We have all had it happen to us one time or the other. You worked like a dog preparing something special. You went to the time and expense and energy to make it grand. You planned for 20 people and three showed up. It makes you angry and frustrated and depressed. You plan for 30 and 8 shows up. And so you must know how the king in this parable felt 
Because in some small way, you also must know how God feels whenever one of us rejects his invitation to be a part of his kingdom that he's prepared for us. I have another question on the interruption. What is keeping us, you, from the wedding feast? And is it worth it? Is it worth it? Verse number four, please. It says, it says this in our text. So he sent other servants to tell them. The feast has been prepared. The bulls and fatted cattle has been killed. And everything is ready. Come to the banquet. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way. One to the farm, another to his business. Others seized the messenger of the king and insulted them and killed them. Uh, do you know that there are some interruptions in our life that will help us instead of hurt us? There is the interruption of perhaps uh, driving down the highway and you see somebody on the side of the road and they're waving their hands at you and when you stop, they tell you there's just been an accident up that way and the police and the ambulance are there and they want you to detour for your benefit. Uh, what, about, what about an airplane airline delay? Say, say you're leaving Atlanta and you're flying out to Dallas. And you board the airplane, things are ready to go. The door has been shut. Whatever's been shut, let no man open. <laughs> Just, I've been on a plane. It's a little insert there. And the captain comes on and says, we're going to have to sit here for 30 minutes because of the air traffic in Dallas. It makes us restless and a little frustrated. But when we discover that there are storms there that would jeopardize our landing, help me now, and there are winds in Dallas that can turn the plane in a direction that can cause severe injuries. We don't, that interruption is a good interruption. What, what about this interruption as a good interruption? What about your health is wonderful today and this week it started giving you some issues and, and it's hurting in places that, uh, that it hasn't hurt before and, and so you thought, well, I've, I've not had to be the doctor in years but I think I'll go and find out if something's wrong. You go to the doctor and they say, surely something is wrong and they label it and they say, if you do this, the A, B, C, and D, in about a month you'll be okay. Had you left it alone, it would have been worse. Not all interruptions are bad. Uh, how about the purchase of a house? You're qualified. You got the loan. You signed some preliminary papers. And in about three weeks, you're going to close. But something quickens your mind and says, you know what? I need to have an inspector go through that house. 
Because I hadn't done that. I need somebody to look at the attic. I need somebody to look at the heating system and the air system. I need somebody to look at the flooring and make sure there's no termites. I need to make somebody sure that the appliances are working okay. Can I get a witness here? And when the inspector comes back, he says to you, this house is priced way, way too much than they have priced it. And you're buying it because of all the things you have to fix. And because of what has been discovered... You back off from the purchase or you get it at a lower price because that was a good interruption. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you'll open the door, you see, he can't open the door. He just made it that way. That, that, where he's knocking, there's no handle on the door. But where you live in, there's a handle on the door. And if you open to me, even though it interrupts you, you'll be saved forever. Boy, the king will only knock so long. He knocked three times. He sent the first time for you to RSVP. He sent the second time with his men and his messengers on their horses, and they told you personally. I'm talking about the personally, everything's ready, come. They didn't come. He sent the third time, and nobody came. And he said, go get them. Get them, everyone. Tear down their town and burn it and kill every one of them. Now, don't get mad. Because God is not sending anybody to hell. Jesus didn't die for, for anybody. To, he didn't die for anybody to go to hell. People who go to hell will do so because they didn't open the door. Because they didn't like the interruption. Because they're too busy with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There are people in America who won't make it to heaven because they thought they had a lot of time. Here's the third word. First word is invitation. The second word is interruption. The third word is inclusion. Well, what does inclusion mean? Something that is included, all-embracive, all-inclusive. So the servant brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. You see, in this passage, the king is God. The son is Jesus. And the guest are you and me. And after those three invitations, nobody came and the people were judged for the disobedience. The king said, the banquet's still here. The food's still here. The musicians are still here. The decorations are still here. Go find whosoever will and let them come.
I heard an account of a, of a some years some years ago a very uh, popular female singer in New York City. She was engaged to be married to what would be her choice, her prince on the day of the wedding he didn't show they were to honeymoon in Tahiti he went there at her expense she decided he's not here but I've got a hundred thousand dollars invested in the food in the reception, in the decorations. And she said, let's have a party. And they did. Oh, I feel something in me here. He is throwing a party. And he wants everybody to come. And he will invite them and invite them and invite them because he loves them. Them is us. But one day, if you don't show up, he's going to have the party anyhow. Because he will serve those who came. He's not going to shortcut us who are born again, fight the devil most of our lives. We came upon his invitation, took a little nudging. He's going to throw a party. I'd like to tell you this. After, here's the thing. God, us, the Son, Jesus in between. Let me tell you how it works in the scripture. Jesus came with the invitation to the Jews. The Jews are God's chosen people. They still are. It doesn't mean that he likes us less. He just means that in God's economy of things, the Jews are his chosen people. But the Jews rejected Jesus. And so he said, God the Father said, since the guests won't come that I invited, our SVP, go get the other people. Go get the Allens and the Valerie's and the Jose and the Arlene because I ain't leaving them out and feel. Isn't that great about God? Uh, we are not a second choice. He has engrafted us into his family. Can I get an amen? He has put us into the vine and we are the branches and he loves us just as much as he loves anybody else. Let me, let me show you something else. Here's how the knock came when the king gave the party. John the Baptist came preaching to the Jews and they beheaded him. Jesus came with the message to the Jews and they crucified him. The apostles and disciples of Jesus went out from Acts 2 preaching to the Jews 
And some of them were martyred, but eventually Paul and the others took the message to the Gentiles. And I'd like to tell you that whosoever will, let him come. When Jesus died on the cross, nobody was exempt. Nobody. White, black, Indian, Asian, Spanish. Whosoever. We, I can't even understand some of the languages people speak. Most of them, well, none of them. I can't even understand English. I don't have to understand your language. Whosoever will, let him come. I don't have to look like you. Whosoever will, let him come. I'm glad for the whosoever. I'm one of the whosoever. So, uh, Pastor Trey, you'll remember this. We, we went to the Dominican Republic a few years ago, and Pastor Trey and his family went. He wasn't married as yet. Uh, so I'd suggest, Monty, that he take you there. It, we were gifted with, with this Dominican Republic trip. Punta Cana. All inclusive. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? All inclusive. If you didn't raise your hand, you ought to try it. Everything. Food, however much you want to eat, however long you want to eat it. Drinks, however long. Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid. They serve that, didn't they? Smoothies. You paid one price. You could swim. You could go on the beach. They had some water sports kind of thing. And remember they did that banana boat thing where that guy pulled us out in the ocean and tried to drown us? <laughs> really, the guy who pulled us out there was having fun seeing how many of us he, he could drown. <laughs> well, he wasn't doing that, but all inclusive. Whenever you go to your mom and dad's place, your grandma or your grand, grandpa, grandma's house, do they ever charge you for eating? No, I didn't think so. All inclusive. Why wouldn't you want Jesus? Say amen. Somebody. Why, would, why wouldn't you want Jesus? He's taking care of everything. Invitation, interruption, all inclusive. And here's the final of the four thoughts ingrate what does it mean by ingrate an ingrate is a person who does not show proper appreciation or thanks for something leave it up there just a moment if you will media you know the, the king judged the Ungrateful guests because they were ungrateful. It was all inclusive. And so, I would, in, in wrapping up these thoughts, look at, look at verse 11, if you will, please, and you probably have it in the slides. But when the king came in to greet the guest, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without 
wedding clothes. And the man had to reply. Pardon me, had no reply. No reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is kind of the part that I said would be negative. Here's what's happening here. The king comes to see how the banquet was going and he spotted someone without a wedding garment and the king was furious. Why is a wedding garment necessary? Number one, wearing the right clothing to a formal dinner honors the host and the occasion. Neglecting to wear it is an insult to the host. Uh, many times upon an invitation to a special event, the question would be asked of the invitee, what should I wear? Is it casual? Is it business casual? Is it formal? And the response would be accordingly. Uh, this is where I need to tread carefully. We are living in a day and time. And I, I need to say this carefully. Perhaps I need to say it and then leave through the back door. In America today, it would seem that the more one could dress down, the more accepted they are. I rehearsed that, and I also rehearsed that you wouldn't shout. is giving a wedding for their son or daughter. It probably is good for one to dress according to that event. And so the king in a parable is giving his son a wedding. One day God is going to give his son a wedding known as the marriage supper of the Lamb. And in order for you and I to get to attend that, we're going to have to have the robe of righteousness. It won't be up to us what we get to choose. It's up to him. After all, he's giving it. Here's a second thought, please. There was no excuse for not having the proper garment because the king supplied the garment. So he says to this man at the meal, well, here's your garment. You didn't have to buy one. You didn't have to go to Dillard's, Walmart. I, I have one waiting for you, waiting for you. All you have to do is check in at the front desk, go to the, the person uh, in the building at uh, the right or left, and, and as you go, tell them that you want your wedding garment 
so that you might have entrance into the feast. You don't even have to know your size. Can I get an amen? Before you get to heaven, you think God's going to size you up with a robe? No, you, he knows more about you than you know yourself. When you serve the Lord, it's not so hard. He's going to give you a robe and crown. And there's so many things that God and Jesus has given us to adorn our walk with him. That we shouldn't have any excuse why we're not better blessed. Here's a third thought, please. It's important to remember that accepting an invitation means accepting the terms of the invitation. When you get an invitation, you don't come when you want to. The door is going to be shut after a while. <laughs> when you come to the feast, you don't sit wherever you want to. There's a protocol. Can I get an amen? When you come to the wedding and your friend had not been invited, don't bring them. Some of you need to get rid of that friend anyhow. You know, let me tell you this. Grace is wonderful, but it doesn't come without responsibility. There's no thing as cheap grace. Be, let, me, let me tell you something else. At the wedding feast, there'll not be any sloppiness. No sloppiness. It's a little solemn word, but it's a true word. I'm going to close with an illustration that caused me to be stirred, even brought some tears to my eyes on yesterday. And I'm going to share it with you. Everybody ready? I read about a family recently that was working through some problems. The dad, it seems, was a classic example of a workaholic, what we call an American capitalist. And because of this, the family had done quite well in terms of money. But the dad had worked long hours and sometimes seven days a week. He had invested most of himself in climbing the corporate ladder and making money, and he had done well at that. He was now one of the top executives in his organization, but his marriage had been in trouble for years. His wife had put up with a lot. She tried to hold the family together, and she actually done a good job of doing it, and their two kids were turning out pretty good. But there had been some acting out and some incidences with their son at school. And so the mom started going to a family therapist to help her deal with some of the pain in her own life and to help her children deal with some of the issues she sensed they were dealing with. But over and over again, the conversations seemed to come back around to dad. So after weeks of asking and pleading, the father finally showed up for one of the sessions. It was during the third session with the whole family that the daughter who was now in college, decided to confront her dad about some things which had caused her a great deal of pain when she was growing up. 
She had been trying to get her courage up for several weeks and finally the time had come. She turned to her father and said, couldn't you have come to at least one of my softball games when I was in elementary school? And when I was in middle school and got a part in the play, do you know how much I wanted you to come and see the performance? Even though you told me you couldn't, you had to work, I still kept looking for you that night and I still hoped you might get there. And then when you weren't there to see me on senior prom night, I guess that was it. I guess that's when I stopped counting on you to be there. The father listened. And he looked as if he was getting angrier and angrier as these charges, charges were leveled at him. Finally he said, okay, okay, I messed up, all right? You said it hurt you, I believe you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I hurt you, okay? Forgive me, all right? I apologize. And the daughter said, I've already forgiven you, daddy. I had to do that to get on with my life. And I've learned to deal with the pain and disappointment. That's not the worst part, Daddy. The worst part is what happened to you. You missed out on getting to know me and you missed out on enjoying me. The saddest part is you. You missed out. I can't help but feel that God had the opportunity to speak to you this morning. He said the same thing. The biggest regret is that you have missed out on the opportunity to be with him, to get to know him. The bad news is those years could never be recovered. The good news is the invitation still stands. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. The invitation still stands. Would you please? I would like for you to close your eyes because if you're like me, I need to respond to this word. not so much that God needs me it's so much that I need him I need him so because of him the invitation still stands and one more time he's knocking he's calling there's a feast coming there's a final day on this earth don't be left out. Say, Pastor Allen, I have, I need to admit that there are times when I shun the invitation. There are times when I feel the things of God interrupted my life and so I made the excuses like these in the scripture. I don't want to do that anymore, Pastor. 
I want to be included. I want to be included in the invitation and the feast. And I don't want to be an ingrate. I'm not asking you whether you're saved or not in this invitation. And I don't plan to call you to the front. But I'm asking you if something in this message turned on a light for you or knocked at your heart, you say, I, want to, I don't want to miss the feast. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. That's wonderful. I got my hands up because I knew sure I needed it. Hold it up just a little higher for just a moment, Lord. It's the majority of you. Majority of you. Thank you for raising your hands. And now you may put them down. You know, I can pray for you, and I will in a moment. But I can't read your heart. I can't read your mind. I can't make decisions for you that you need to make. So how about you do that now in prayer for the next minute? You make the decisions. You tell God your heart. He'll hear you. You tell him right now. I'm, I'm not going to let the invitation pass me. Go ahead. Begin to tell him in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift our voices. Go ahead, church. Feel free to hear yourself pray. Oh, God. We stand before you today guilty guilty we have repeatedly known the invitation was on our table the invitation was on our heart but we we didn't send any RSVP because we really didn't intend to go but we need to go come on church change my heart oh God Lord there's stuff we need to lay aside there's stuff, oh God, that have clung to us that really have not any great value to us. Come on, you pray it, you pray it. We need the fire of revival to burn among us. Give a greatest, greater obedience, greater surrender. Come on, I believe he can rock your world even right now. Pour your oil upon us, God. Give us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Help us today. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst Thank for you, the drink from the well? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Jesus is calling Come on, reach up with me. Oh, come to the altar The altar's where you're standing this morning. The altar's where you're standing.
Come on. Praise him. Praise him. Say it. Sing it. Yes. Come on. I'm going to say something that's pretty obvious and then I'm going to let you go in a little bit. If you're already in to the marriage supper, praise God. But here's the other part. If you're not quite in, you are closer than you think. Closer than you think. Wow. You, you know what? Jesus could come today. And here's what I want from you. Valerie and I will be at the boulevard of Hallelujah Avenue and praise the Lord. I want to see you there. Have a great day. God bless you as you go.